0: From a bar mitzvah at the Wailing Wall in Jerusalem to a temple procession in Taipei. The people of our world are passionate about their beliefs. Are you listening? Tune in to the sounds of your world on Radio Taiwan International.
1: Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Later on this hour, we're going to go over to Jukebox Republic, Shirley Lin's music program. But we start off today's show with Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're joining us on our Facebook live stream, it's Friday, November 6th. Otherwise, if you're joining us on the air, it's Monday, November 9th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello. We're going to be talking about how fried chicken woke up a man from a coma. We'll also be talking about a Hollywood food stylist with a Taiwan connection. And we'll be telling you about how Penghu County is going to make sure that their feline residents of its famed island of cats are well taken care of. All that coming up next... Please stick around. We start off today with a story that has a happy ending. That's right. Uh, we all know that in Taiwan, food is very important. Uh, how important, you ask? Important enough to wake up someone from a coma. <laughs> um, this particular young man, an 18-year-old, had a very nasty scooter accident in July and was in the hospital with a what the doctors called a coma index of three by the time he got there. Um, he had to have all sorts of, he basically had to be rebuilt from scratch. I mean, there was, um, let's see, he had six operations, including a craniotomy, laparotomy, right kidney, nephrectomy, splenectomy, liver repair, right clavicle and right femur, open reduction and internal fixation. I mean, the the list goes on.
2: All right. Good for you. You you Um, didn't even, you know. uh,
1: Yeah. He had a lot of work that needed to be (laughs) done. No, you didn't um, stutter. And And uh, as he, um, as they did, did all of this, he fell into even deeper, into an even deeper coma. Wait, he's a young guy, right? Eighteen. Oh, um, from Xinju County. Fighting um, spirit. I mean, well, yeah, the
2: <laughs> someone nurse older does would have probably
1: just not lived. Yeah. The yeah. nurse does credit his will to live, uh, will to survive, with his recovery. But really? we also have chicken cutlets, or uh, <laughs> they're called jipai. pie. Really, it's like fried chicken in yeah. Taiwan. Uh, to uh, you know, thank for this. Um, so basically. Uh, the, the A nurse at the hospital had says that his family was there always like praying that he would wake up soon. And in day 62 of his coma, uh, his older brother said uh, jokingly, I'm going to eat a chicken cutlet. Uh, that sentence apparently was enough to get his pulse accelerating and uh, for his vital signs to stabilize. And he also regained consciousness at that point. Oh, my goodness.
2: Yeah just as how, you know, how aromatic it is. He didn't, any any he didn't, kind of
1: fried chicken. He didn't chicken. have fried chicken. He just mentioned he, that he knew it's his favorite food, his brother's favorite food and he joked he that he was going to go eat it. You he just it? Yeah. That's it. This is the mere idea of it was enough to revive him. There was no actual chicken involved.
2: Well, I heard that actually when people are in a coma, they can actually hear you. So, your, you know, family members are encouraged to, you know, go up to the ears and talk to them sing to them and mm. things
1: like that he's that since f- is amazing and he has since fully recovered doesn't say how long ago this i was. thought it was the smell of fried chicken that no I no no up. there was no chicken present at the event site no no chicken It is a miracle um he's fully recovered since then uh, again we don't know how long ago this was we're just getting this story in now though and um yeah he's returned with a cake no chicken, surprisingly. I would have given them chicken. I uh, returned with a cake to thank the medical team that he's credited with his recovery. But well, I think also we have the idea, the concept of chicken to thank yeah. for this.
2: Well, you know how it is. Many um, people think that you know when you wake up from an illness or something like that, you shouldn't Eat like feast on yourself right away. You should let your stomach kind of take it easily. So not like fried chicken right away. You
1: have to go soft with maybe like porridge. But his brother didn't even like offer that, to buy him some. He said that he was going to go eat the chicken. Yeah, it was right. the idea of someone else eating chicken that <laughs> will come up. No one offered to buy him any. This
2: is totally. It's totally a miracle!
1: Um, I mean, did you yeah. see my jaw
2: drop, dropping? <laughs> I, I mean, mean, this is really amazing story. The so number amazing. The
1: number of things that they say he'd suffered and the list of operations. It's quite. It's I a know. whole paragraph.
2: <laughs> yeah. Over so, the period I mean, of sixty-two
1: days. Right? Sixty-two
2: days. That's like more than two months. Yeah. And wow, that is just amazing. So he's doing fine now. Yeah. And I guess you know his family members. They're just always held on. I wonder if he forgot that chicken. (laughs) He will eventually get the chicken. (laughs) He he. Well, they say that it's his favorite food. That's what they say. Right. He will. He will get his chicken.
1: Well, he's lived. You know, he's. something worth surviving. He's gonna
2: forever be thankful for all the chicken. Oh man.
1: Oh, it sounds like that chicken story got people talking out yeah,
2: there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Douglas Norris says hello, and Jessica Chang is saying hello. She, she's the one that edits our, you know, Taiwan Insiders. And, um, yeah, so Douglas is saying, hi, Shirley. Hi, John. And, hi. And uh, Rakesh is saying, very nice to see the live broadcast. Oh, yeah, we're happy here, too. We're having <laughs> fun. Just with the uh, fried chicken
1: story. Just yeah, I alone. know. Okay.
2: All right. Thanks for joining us. Okay. Well, now we're going to
1: We can't get off the subject of food today. We will eventually. <laughs> but before then, we got to go over to meet this Taiwanese food stylist. Now, I've heard of like food bloggers, food, you know, arrangers and all these fancy pastry chefs that go to these cake competitions. They definitely right. arrange food very carefully. But I've never heard of a food stylist specifically for movies. Yeah And, and you know, film and TV I'm
2: definitely I'm definitely learning something
1: does, From this story does, does food look I have I'm just curious Does food If you're not the, Like you know how people Need to have makeup Before yes. they go on camera And they make up the food
2: Exactly That's do, what do it is Does the food have
1: to like have I don't know Like colors added to it To make it yeah. look better Yeah Things like that Whoa Anyway This is going to be a long story Wait, what, if, what, really what if it's west? a scene Where someone has to eat And they've added All these chemicals that to too. it
2: That too And then you know You've got well, I will get to it. If you you've put- got actors and actresses who might be vegetarian or who say that they can't, you know, they're Actually whatever. Yeah. And then, you know, the stylist, and her name is Anna Lee. Mm-hmm. She has to think of ways to get around their problems, you know, and still like oh. the food
1: look, you know, scrumptious. Well, the meat thing is pretty easy. Taiwan is very known for its fake meats that vegetarians can eat. Right. It's made from tofu and other plant-based things. Oh. But it
2: looks very... Right. It looks kind
1: of real, yeah. the, like, like the real thing. So I think she yeah. she has the right background for this sort of a job. Okay.
2: Well, you know, we have this Golden Horse um, Film Festival. It's the and, uh,
1: Taiwanese Oscars, basically. Yes, isn't it? that
2: is right. And it's coming Wait. up in mid October. Uh, November
1: um, just to clarify there's yes. so many golden things here there's a golden bell there's golden. a golden horse there's a golden something else or other melody that's the one <laughs> so which one is so the golden horse is the, is the film
2: yeah that's one. the film okay. One. Okay. yeah so anyway and um, they're actually having some kind of a sort of like a forum mm-hmm. and um, Anna Lee is one of the person invited to be on a speaking panel and she shares her experience um, she's um, you know been at this she's 35 years old now and she's totally from Taiwan. Um, she did like, you know, food stylist for the movie, Mr. Churchill, Churchill, right? And there's some Netflix movies. Okay. And also Hollywood movies like food, uh, I want to say food of pie,
1: <laughs> life, life of, of pie. pie,
2: you know, and um, she was like, I, was, um,
1: there, was there food in that movie? I don't recall. Probably there. not. I remember there not being I, enough food in that movie. You no, know,
2: I, I will get to that. There is okay. something that, you know, the person, the character had to chew on, but I'll get to that. Okay. Um, this is a long story, so stay with me. Okay. But um, she started off in 2010 when um, Anne Lee, you know, was was in Taiwan to shoot the life of pie. And um, basically, Anna was sort of like the translator, and also slash producer for that movie and um in the beginning she was just doing little things like you know ordering lunch boxes for everybody and collecting information and helping translating for all the foreigners Mm -hmm. on the cast or the crew and she refused to just order lunch boxes for the locals and then hamburgers for the foreigners said nah tom has got all the great food they're not just going to, just gonna have subway or hamburgers. So she always called for caterer almost every time when there's a lunch or dinner. And she didn't care. She would go the extra mile to make some really to get some really good food. To introduce before. it. Yeah. To, uh, and so that's what she did. And then so then Annley noticed her and said, Well look, why don't you come on the team and helping with food props? Okay, mm-hmm. So she did. Now, actually, there's one scene in Life Up High where um, I think uh, the main character had to chew on a twig. Okay? And um, originally, they thought that, well, we're just going to get him a twig to chew on. But no. She decided to get... Wait, what is Niu Bang? Oh, I'm trying to think. What's Burdock the, is the Burdock, word. that's it's it.
1: It's sort of a long... We don't have it in a lot stuff, of parts of the world. I myself. We don't yeah. have it in a lot... Of, it's a very Asian thing, I think. It's yeah. a long... Twig like thing. You it's know, a vegetable. It's,
2: it's it's a vegetable. It's just the bark. It's sort of a sort of a root. It's sort of like
1: potatoy thing, but very long, yeah. and slender. I okay. love
2: that stuff. It's good for you. Mm-hmm. And she added so she got some of that thing, the burdock, and it added some um seaweed uh, powder on it. Seaweed powder. <laughs> yeah. And it looked like a twig with some um like moss or algae on it. Ew. <laughs> And she became famous, you know, and Lee
1: wrote her, her a recommendation letter, you know. <laughs> had she had any previous experience in this department or was she just... Okay, Because question. That's that like a big, just because someone orders a lot of
2: nice food. Okay, good question. Now, her dad uh, actually grew up in um, an orphanage. Mm-hmm. And when, she, when he was in third grader, um, he was responsible for cooking food or making food for the other kids. Mm. And, and she, he just had a way of like, dressing up the food so that everything looked delicious, okay. you know, even though they weren't. And I guess that's how she got
1: it from. on. Yeah. It's just a yeah. big gamble. Like, you've just met someone, and yeah, they, can, they know how to order good food, but it's, that's a very different um, matter than knowing how to prepare it themselves.
2: Right, exactly. Uh, so at the age of 26, Anna went to the States, and um, she took up cooking uh, school. She studied there the culinary. Yeah, and at the same time, she was looking for a food stylish, you know, like side job. Um, actually, she was she actually managed to get a job at a five, kind of like a um a high class restaurant, and um, but with no pay. She was willing to be an intern. Okay. So it's like work. In exchange for food, kind of thing. And she worked eight hours a day and she would be like, you know, baking six hundred cookies a week with no pay. And but then even when she got a work permit, she still was only working like three hundred NT, that's ten US dollars an hour, very right? mm-hmm. like low minimum pay wage. Depending on know. where
1: you are, maybe below the minimum wage.
2: Yeah, probably. Probably. Yeah. And um anyway, so then she uh You know, when she was, oh, no, 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 this is, oh, no, this is talking about Anna. So, when she was little, Uh she actually, you know, when other friends, uh, other classmates would bring, like, potato chips and things to maybe, like, a class party or something. Yeah, yeah. She would bring, like, more fancy stuff. She'll, like, you know, bring this kind of, like, a dessert, and she'll add some lemon and some... Honey. So homemade sorts of things. And making it like a so, lot of cocktail. Great so, for a school event. <laughs> yeah. um, cocktail drink. Or she used like toast and added some banana slices of bananas mm-hmm. and slices of strawberries and rolled it up, making it look like sushi. So this is someone Sweet who actually did have a
1: background in this sort of thing. Okay. Yeah,
2: she's creative. She, she really is creative. And now... We were talking about how, you know, sometimes some actors, they don't eat certain food. And what do you do? So um, at one time, she had to make some kind, something that has to look like vomit. Okay. Oh. She used a cinnamon powder. And then she got some soggy oatmeal that meant like, you know, like soaked in hot water Mm -hmm. or cooked. And then some maple syrup. And I think she mixed, she kind of put um, milk and nuts in a blender, so they would look like coffee, you yeah. know, brownish color. Oh, great! And all that was a yummy vomit.
1: Ew. <laughs>
2: okay. I've always wondered what how what they you know how how you make vomit. I haven't seen vomit.
1: many many series or TV shows that involve vomit,
2: um, but I yeah. guess okay That's sometimes occasionally you do. You always wonder, but anyway. Or another time, she had to make um, someone. Make um, a a vegetarian eat, like, um, what do you call it? Raw oyster. Okay. Okay. Oyster on the shell. What she did was that she got cassava powder and then um, wrapped uh, some black sesame filling inside and steamed it. And then put it in an oyster shell.
1: And it looked like the real thing. It seems like a waste of her talents to just be... I mean she should be like a Michelin star chef loving or something. Her job. Okay, well.
2: Yeah. And then there was another time where she oh, where she had to try to make caviar. You can't just go out and buy caviar. Caviar.
1: I mean you so, you can, but it costs a lot of money. I know. money. So she they, got they have fake the fake stuff that looks like it though. That's not. I can't remember what it's called. Some other type of fish roe.
2: Oh, oh. Substitute. Yeah, right. Cheaper. Yeah. Kind, right? Yeah. But still expensive, though. Okay. Um, Anyway, so she got some blackberry seeds and then, like, soaked them in coffee and put on crackers. And it looked like caviar. I thought you on, were supposed to
1: eat caviar okay. off your like your hand, off the back of oh. your. That's like the real way. No, to do I it. think it's better on crackers.
2: I've had real caviar. Yes, I have,
1: I have not. But I've seen people. <laughs> I've seen a documentary about how it's made. Yeah, and they do it off your hand.
2: I know. Anyway, this is really, really something. Now another time, it was for the movie Churchill, and she was asked to make lentil soup and the
1: that sounds like movie- the easiest task that she's had so far <laughs>
2: exactly now the, the movie director said just go and get a can of lentil soup okay but she said no she decided to get up really early in the morning she she cooked this you know whole um pot of chicken stock mm-hmm. and um and so they used her soup make i mean it looked like lentil soup then when the director went like you know cut, cut he, he went over to her and said, get me a bowl. It's
1: so delicious. It smells good. <laughs> yeah. Ah...
2: She's just one incredible You're
1: distracting woman. the actors.
2: Well, anyway, this is one incredible story. I just had to tell it. So, um, she, I mean, kudos
1: to her. Is she's like, is it one person? Pa- is it a panel or is she just giving her own hmm. sort of talk? Uh, um, oh, talk? no,
2: no, no. They were uh, along with like um, a Japanese movie director and then um, the uh, artistic director for what is that? Kill Bill. Oh, Kill, Kill Bill?
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a very artist, artistic film. It is, but it was like blood everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, the title kind of gives it away,
2: but... Um, yeah. Right. Well, anyway, good for her. Um, yeah. Well, let's see what people have been saying. Okay. Let's see. Um, it says... Uh, oh, we've got more people joining us. There's Joshua Buendia. He says, uh, Hello, Artia, and welcome from the Philippines and all over the world. Douglas North said, I would love to try Tommy's fake meat. Here in the U.S., the local fast food chains are experimenting with imitation meat burgers. Mm. I've tried some. Oh, we
1: have and that here, too. It's the Beyond Whatever. I've seen it at Beyond, a supermarket here in Taiwan.
2: Beyond Meat, right? I have yeah. to say that... Um, have you tried it?
1: No. Um, no, I don't think so. But I do have to say that um, our tofu is worlds better than non... That is true. Outside of Asia, the tofu is... Mm.
2: Well, you know, there's a Mo's Burger. It's a Japanese um, burger chain well, here we don't in have Taiwan. that in the States. Oh, well, I'm just saying that they came up with a vegetarian burger. It's more expensive, of course. Mm. I I actually got one. It's actually was pretty good. Mm. And I know that they used like beet juice. Beet juice. Well, cool. You have to make it look like, you know, it's still bleeding. Why do you have to make it look any It's a vegetarian. What's the- okay. <laughs> Some people just have to Okay. Eat
1: make makes must. Himself feel if better. You
2: you know? <laughs> yeah, just to make themselves feel better, I guess. Anyway, but um, yeah, and we've got uh, Gilbert Tim de, de Viola Tim Tim joining us. Well, good to have you and uh, great. Oh, Jen Dolari has joined us and goes, Howdy. Okay. Howdy. Well, actually, to Douglas, but to us too, right? <laughs> Howdy to all. Howdy. <laughs>
1: Have you heard of Penghu's Cat Island before? I've heard of a cat village here in on Taiwan proper, but not Penghu. Oh, no, they've got a cat island. Like, the whole island oh, 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 is covered island. in cats. Oh, island. Really? So, I only know this because I did a video report about it years ago now. And I just kind of thought, well, that's cool, and then didn't think anything about it. The, its official name is not Cat Island. It's Hujing Island. Okay. It's, which, I guess, is okay. It's like means Tiger Well Island and Tiger-Cat. The feline connection's there. Yeah, yeah. Um... So, they have over 200 cats there, and it's a very small island, just 2 square kilometers. Um, and they, I know that, like, they're school mascots, basically. Like, they hang around the kids. It's a tiny island with just a, a tiny elementary school, just a handful of kids. Oh, wow. So, I remember – I can't remember what it was. but they, like, a cat-themed graduation? It was something like that.
2: So, they um, shipped the cats over there? No. That's, uh, so well, actually, they okay. They how the cats them, got like, there, just yeah. as in
1: that village, cat village you mentioned, is like unclear. Like, right. Because oh. they didn't swim, obviously. Was, it's very yeah. deep water around there. Um, I guess they had two and they just kept breeding. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Who knows? Okay. Um, and, and so the county government says uh, that they're going to implement widespread neutering to kind of keep this number of 200 down. The island can only support so many. Yeah. They do beg for fish when you get off the boat, apparently. <laughs> um, like, they'll come to the wharf because they know that visitors... They they know. Yeah, they know. They're smart. So they all run off to the... Whenever Mm -hmm. the visitors come, apparently. According to this article, anyway. They're also going to vaccinate them against rabies and other diseases to make sure that they are well taken care of. Um, I mean, it's kind of nice that that they come running for fish. People find that cute. But other people find it um, worrying. Yeah. (laughs) They feel like they're strays, like they're maybe a bit abused. (laughs) And some people... um, have who think that like they've been brought there purposely and it's sort of an uh, abusive situation Have even threatened to or initiated a a travel boycott for the whole county of penghu even though it's just one tiny island out of like 72 Mm. probably one of the smallest ones uh so the county government doesn't like that so they're trying to yeah move to create a better environment for their feline inhabitants um they're also going to put in it says here in place infrastructure called for by local schools and organizations.
2: Yeah, so, I thought maybe like build some um, homes
1: to help homes the strays. Well, I thought there was only one school. I don't know what says, schools. As far as I understood, the island was so small that so they only small. had that one little yeah. elementary school. Anyway, uh, yeah, there's this whole initiative to support animal protection and also, you know, they want to to encourage what they call cat tourism. I've heard of all kinds of tourism, medical tourism. But that's the thing. I mean, you don't want mm. it to. You know, you know, like know, it was all planned. Wildlife tourism. I've never heard of yeah, cat it, tourism yeah, before, yeah. <laughs> but um, in Taiwan, that is a thing.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I visited one here in Taipei. Now, where is it now? It's in Houtong. Yeah, it's outside. It of was Taipei. A, a cold, a you know, drizzly day, but cat it was so village. Nice to, yes, and they've got all these coffee shops on one line, and you can you're bound to find one or two cats in each of these coffee shops, and they're like just hanging so, out. Yeah, they're they've kept. They're very pampered they don't belong to
1: anybody you know, they're just,
2: yeah they're pampered you know they're kept really warm you know and they're they're hugged in the given baskets we didn't we didn't even see the cats until we were about to leave and they said oh they're tucked under you know some blanket or something it's like cold. that
1: yeah um so again as with this island i don't know how that cat village got started no one has ever been able to explain to me why a village got overrun with so many cats do they have around 200 do you figure as far as you were <laughs> able to tell or more Right. Who has that, the biggest cat village? It's a national, nationwide competition.
2: Really, really. That is amazing. There is a lot Yeah, cats. I don't know.
1: In the video, they were just like everywhere, all over the school yard, all over the... Well, cat lovers would love that. I think yeah. they have like cat themed yeah. stuff, like mailboxes now too. Mm. I, remember, I remember there being a cat shaped mailbox in the island. Maybe that's what the video was about, unveiling a cat shaped mailbox. <laughs> they don't get much posts, so... I'm sure that's, that, that one box will serve everyone on yeah, the island well.
2: right. Oh, Andrea Wang is saying hi. Oh, She's uh, from, from our Spanish the Spanish service. service. She's watching us from
1: upstairs. Hi. <laughs> hi. I think from upstairs. Yeah, I think so. All right. All right. Um, so I've been to Pongu, but never to this island. So next mm. time I'm over there, I think that would be... You probably be, should check it out. Uh, no word on how you get there. I don't imagine... It's a very small population. I don't know... Right. Um, Do you get seasick? No. Well, I was fortunate when I went there, the seas were very calm. Okay. I've never gotten seasick before on, on any boats. I've right. been on, but... Um, well, maybe you should wait until next year. My problem year. is I'm allergic to cats, actually. That's probably oh, a bigger issue for me. Forget it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd probably be sneezing before you even landed on the island. I think Natty would love it. Oh, she has she a cat. Has That's a true. Cat, That's Felix. true. Yeah. Oh, are you a cat person? No. Um, no. So, maybe not for us, but... Yeah. Nat we, we, can, we can send Natalie there on, like, a special report. Yeah. You know?
2: That would be cool. A travel uh, program.
1: cats. Wow. <laughs> All right. Well, that is just about all the time we have today for our edition of uh, Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lin. Well, we're going to have some more of Shirley later on in just a moment, actually, if you're joining us via Shortwave. That's on her music program, Jukebox Republic. So if you're tuning into us on the radio, be sure to stay tuned for that. For all of you who have joined us on Facebook Live, uh, thanks very much. And we'll see you next time. All right. Bye. (small) Yeah. <small>
2: there, you've just tuned into Jukebox Republic, I'm Shirley Lin. So, a friend of mine just turned 60 um, two weeks ago, and uh, well, when it was just only a week before her birthday, I asked her husband what plan he has, or had, or if he has any plan. No, he didn't have any plan, because he was busy with uh, a new book launch. So I took on a job of arranging some kind of party, or some kind of surprise, after all, she was having a big birthday, right? I mean, you can't do anything too small. And I couldn't believe I had to think of something, come up with something within a week. It's not my first time, but my first time doing a birthday for someone turning 60. Except for my dad's 80th birthday four years ago. Anyway, so this was quite an ordeal. I'll tell you more about it after the song. Here's Beautiful Surprise by Chen Yo. Way to say her name might have been Chen Yiyou. Anyway, you've just tuned into Jukebox Republic, and I'm Shirley Lin. I'm talking about uh, how I got on the responsibility, um, kind of took it on myself to uh, to uh, arrange a surprise for a friend who was turning sixty. I asked her husband if he had any ideas. None. Well, I mean, I can understand. He was busy launching his new book, which he had spent like eight, ten years researching, and then four years writing. So it's a great book, actually, a great book. So, but um, anyway, it's understandable. And then he told me that you know it'd be just good enough to arrange something with just her close female friends. You know, yeah. I think if it were me, I probably would have preferred just a small group of you know close friends, not big and fancy and just a whole lot of people and. That would be intimidating. So I formed um, a line group. It's a social app line uh, with those girls, Um, maybe like five or six of us who are really close to her. And then I asked their opinions. You know, that's the easy way to go, right? I first asked for a place for an afternoon tea. Then I asked for a gift that's appropriate for her. I said, no clothes or shoes or bags because she has too many of those. I know because I helped her move the last time. And boy, does she have a lot of clothes and bags and shoes and other things too. I'm not going to get into that. Someone said she needs to exercise. So get her something to make her exercise. Another said, maybe get her oil painting supplies since she's into oil painting. And in fact, she was uh, thinking about having a, an art exhibit of her works uh, this year on her 60th birthday. But because of COVID, she had to postpone it. And her other friend said that it was, she'll still be celebrating her 60th birthday next year, before next November. So, so she's going to be holding her exhibit next June, which would still be, you know, during her 60th birthday. So we all thought that uh, was a great idea, getting her oil painting stuff. Anyway, here's another song. It's called The Most Beautiful Surprise. This is by Zhang Luojun.
3: Че So
2: So the friend who suggested to get her oil painting stuff offered to get them herself. Now, the same friend gave an idea of an afternoon tea place. You couldn't believe how many phone calls I had to make to make reservations. The restaurant has several branches. I called almost all of them before I realized they don't take reservations. Unless you order a private room, which would cost at least 5,000 NT. That's like 175 US dollars. But with only seven of us or six of us, that would have been costly. And, you know, I was afraid that without a reservation, we won't have a table and the party would be botched. So the other five friends said that they were going to go there half an hour early and hopefully reserve a table. So with my fingers crossed, the day came and, you know, I let her know that uh, I was going to be having an afternoon tea with her to a place I've never been. And it's, you know, it's got rave reviews and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, so then I said I was going to be treating her, you know, on a special birthday. But actually, that wasn't the only thing, because um, she and I belong to a small group uh, in the church. And so, you know, our small group said that we're going to treat her to dinner. So we did. We took her to a special dinner the, the day before her actual birthday. But let me talk about the afternoon tea first. But before I get to that, I have a song again. This is called, well, it's simply called Surprise. 白、成熟化
4: 在相见 Czytał
2: the day, her birthday, I said, uh, I'm going to take her to afternoon tea after church, which we had in the afternoon at 2 p.m. So at 4, I said, I'm going to take her to a place. So I said, let's uh, hop in the cab because they don't take reservations. I'm afraid that, you know, won't get a table. So yeah, yeah, let's take a cab. So we got in the cab, we got there. And it was on the second floor of a mall. And I walked over there. uh, And then I looked over to look for a, a table. And lo and behold, I saw two familiar faces at a table, and I pretended to be surprised. Now, the birthday girl, let's call her G, was very surprised and said, What are you two doing here? You know, and the, the, those two women, they went on pretending and said that they're having afternoon tea together. Then G, without any shame, said, Well, you know, it's November 1st today, and it's my birthday. I'm turning 60 today. And then one of them said, You know, the one who got the oil painting stuff? She said, Oh, yeah, it's your birthday today, isn't it? That's when G realized she was being tricked. Then the others arrived later. I was really elated. I was happy because I said, Yay, it was a success. She was surprised. G was, of course, very delighted with the present. Besides those fancy tubes of oil paint colors and different size of canvases, I learned something too because there was one big bottle of black oil paint and one big bottle of white oil paint. And I learned that's because you use those two colors the most when you paint. The friend who brought them had no idea what to get and had to ask the shopkeeper. She did a good job. You know, we're such good friends that we really didn't care. So just before everybody, you know, like broke up the party, we all kind of took out our wallets and paid up for the gift right in front of the birthday girl. Um, and she was like, fine about it. It's just, we're just such close friends, you know, so you don't, you're not afraid about that. Oh, yeah. And about the uh, the Japanese dinner that we brought G to the night before her birthday, it was at this old Japanese-style house that was turned into a restaurant. I can't say the food was great. I mean, it wasn't bad and it wasn't, I mean, it was kind of fancy. It was a little bit, you know, pricey, but then I'm a picky eater. The place asked you to wear socks because, I mean, and if you don't have socks, you, they sell you socks because they don't want to ruin the wooden floors. And it was the former resident of someone during the Japanese colonial period. And later I looked at a map and I realized that we were eating in the dining room of this residence. So anyway... Well, the walls and the doors had these black wooden frames, you know, typical of Japanese houses, old houses, and they kept all the old glass panes in the windows and sliding doors. So every time someone opened the doors or banged on the windows by accident or something, they make a loud noise. You know how it is with, um, you know, these real glass, you know, panes. The bathrooms were kept the way they were. They were these small, tiny toilets, and you had to wear these slippers, you know, to, to, to go into the toilet. I would say that it was interesting. It was really nice to have a small room and this room. I, th- I think it's really funny that it was a dining room because it had an p- upright piano on, you know, up against one of the walls when we were dining, the room that we were dining in. So, G was really surprised and she had a memorable 60th birthday. I am sure f- about that. Thank you so much for tuning into Jubal's Republic and hear me talk about my friend's birthday party or celebration. And here's ending with a song called Gift by Zhang Xueyou Jackie Zheng of Hong Kong.
3: Иди
0: Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In Southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.